This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host. He wonders if chambers in the future will use NFTs for membership. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, where it is my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Tony Felker, President and CEO of the Frisco Chamber, to learn how the Holman Brothers have provided value for him. One of the key benefits that we've realized from Holman Brothers actually happened many years after we started using them. We just completed our new strategic plan and understanding those subtle differences between transactional benefits and transformational benefits, the companies that use what they expect has been a key part in our strategic plan. And we really want to thank Holman Brothers for that. You can learn more about Holman Brothers membership sales solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Our guest for this episode is Carlos Phillips. Carlos began serving as president and CEO of the Greenville Chamber in South Carolina on March 29, 2016. Much has been achieved during Carlos's time with the Greenville Chamber, including the implementation of strategic plans for the organization and Accelerate, the Chamber's private sector-fueled economic development campaign, selling its office of 40 years and moving downtown to Greenville Central Business District, leading a statewide effort for legislation to expand the number of nonviolent offenses eligible for removal from one's criminal record, partnering with Columbia, Charleston, Myrtle Beach, and Charlotte Chambers to form the South Carolina Metro Chambers Coalition, and partnering with the United Way of Greenville County and the Urban League of the Upstate for the Greenville Racial Equality and Economic Mobility Commission. The Greenville Chamber Foundation secured a half-million-dollar grant to expand its Minority Business Accelerator Initiative to the Columbia and Charleston markets. The Chamber has been awarded Chamber of the Year by the Carolinas Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives for its programmatic leadership and value to its members and earned its five-star accreditation by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce for its operational excellence. Carlos is an active leader in the community and his profession, serving as director for Visit Greenville, South Carolina, Urban League of the Upstate, Community Foundation of Greenville, and the United Way of the Upstate. He chairs the United Negro College Fund Upstate Mayor's Mass Ball, which raised funds to help kids to and through college. He serves on the executive committee of the Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives and chairs its Metro Cities Council. He's also a member of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Committee of 100 and serves on its Equality of Opportunity Task Force. Originally from Owensboro, Kentucky, Carlos received an undergraduate degree in communications from the University of Kentucky and a master's degree in organizational communications from Western Kentucky University. He and his wife, Latanya, have four children. Carlos, I am excited to have you with me today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions and share something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little better. Well, Brandon, thanks for having me uh, on the podcast. And uh, hello, Chamber Champions. Uh, Glad to have the opportunity to uh, share with you today. Very good. So I know uh, we, we were chatting just a little bit before we hopped on the recording and you had mentioned you played some college football, which is uh, 
I find to be interesting. I'm a big football fan, but uh, tell us a little bit about that. You know, obviously you're at Kentucky, but what position did you play? What what was your experience yeah. like? Yeah, um, I played um, a couple of positions on the defensive side of the ball um, at the University of uh, Kentucky, um, inside and an outside linebacker. But that was back um, during the days of leather helmets. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, that was back in the late in the late eighties. Um, the game has changed a little bit uh, since then. But what's interesting is uh, my oldest son uh, played college uh, um, football um, at Moorhead State, which is a Division two school in Kentucky. And my youngest son now plays cornerback uh, at the University of of Kentucky. Um, so it's clear that we we kind of like the game. That's right. It's a great game. I love it too. <laughs> Well, tell us a little bit about the Greenville Chamber. I know it's probably been a couple of years ago. I had Liz Horton from the Greenville Chamber on the podcast as well. So yeah. those regular listeners, you know, they might go back in their memories and, and remember a little bit about what Liz shared about the Greenville Chamber. But just bring us up to speed and kind of size, budget, um, you know, type of chamber you are, that sort of thing, just to give us that, you know, perspective. Well, you'll, fi- you'll find that Liz um, was a much better guest uh, than I will be. Um, um, but uh, I'll try my best uh, today. Um, the Greenville Chamber, I like to call the Greenville Chamber a 133-year-old startup. All right. <laughs> We've been around for quite some time uh, delivering um, value to, uh, to Greenville's uh, business community. Our legal name is the Greater Greenville Chamber uh, of Commerce, but for some reason, before I got here, we shortened it to the Greenville Chamber. Um, so... Um, um, but we are um, an organization that has uh, members from throughout uh, the upstate of, of South Carolina, 1,800 uh, investors total. Um, and uh, we're about a $4 million um, uh, chamber uh, coming, you know, revenue coming from dues, um, events, sponsorships, um, our economic development. Um, initiative Accelerate. I think you mentioned that uh, in my in my intro. That's a private sector fuel initiative uh, that focuses on growing our entrepreneurial ecosystem, expanding our talent um, and workforce, um, and on informing our community through uh, through data. Uh, but the foundation of that Accelerate work is on increasing educational attainment for working age adults. Uh, so there are a lot of a lot of moving parts um, in our in our organization. Uh, got a great team of about twenty uh, folks who wake up every day uh, committed to delivering value uh, to our business community and, and, and helping our economy grow. Very good. That, that definitely helps just to kind of know where you're coming from, but especially as we get into our topic for today, which is the the evolution of chambers. And I know through the pandemic and everything, chambers have had to take a hard look internally and say, okay, where's our our core values? What do we have to offer to our business community and the community in general? Um, So I'm excited to get into that discussion with you and kind of learn how the Greenville chambers approach this and, and maybe some things that you picked up on from other chambers as well. But we'll get into that discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat, Shop, Play mobile app 
with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chamber Nation hears from its customers that they help make it fun again to present the value of membership. That's because so much is provided to help each member promote their business, and with monthly ROI reports from Chamber Nation, they know their membership is already working to help them succeed. There are three words in Chamber of Commerce, and Chamber Nation knows that their customers take care of the Chamber, but Chamber Nation takes care of the commerce. This way, both teams working side-by-side deliver a whole lot more in membership value. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So, save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. When you really think about it, is it realistic to expect your membership rep to deliver consistent results without consistent coaching? Much like an elite athlete, your membership rep must be aligned and performing at their best, which doesn't happen automatically. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching Program supplies the indispensable training, guidance, and support your membership rep needs to keep their performance in high gear. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching. All right, Carlos, we're back. Uh, so as we get into our topic today, of evolution of chambers, I wanted to circle back to something real quick that you had mentioned when you were talking about the Greenville Chamber, and you mentioned yeah. being a 133-year-old startup. Uh, yeah. Can you expand on that and why you, you look at your the Chamber as a startup 133 years later? Yeah, I can. Um, we, were, we were formed back in um, 1889. And um, it's, it, it's amazing how uh, the chamber has, has evolved and led the evolution of our community. Um, but, you know, we did that. The status quo has never been, has never been acceptable um, for our community or for our organization. Um, we've always either changed when we needed to change or we've led the change uh, when necessary um, as well. So, you know, some of the worst things that you can say uh, that a, a team member can say here at the Greenwood Chamber is, well, that's the way we've always done it. That because that doesn't matter uh, and shouldn't matter to us. Um, we're also the type of organization we don't, we tend not to wait until something's broken to fix it. Sometimes we'll break it. Yeah. 
to uh, to make it better, uh, to make it more to make it more effective, or to deliver uh, greater value uh, to our investors. But that's the kind of shop that's the kind of shop that we are. Um, I talk about our team uh, all the time because uh, we really do have a special team. It takes special it takes special people to embrace uh, you know continuous improvement. Um, but we've got such a team here um, at the chamber, and I think our organization uh, has been in a state of continuous improvement uh, over the past 133 years of its existence. That's awesome. A couple of things really stood out to me in your response there is one is that you know, sometimes you're the ones that break, you know, what you've got going on to be able to innovate and move forward. And it reminds me of Apple, right? I mean, they had the, the iPod, which is incredibly successful product, probably arguably one of the most successful products that Apple had ever put out. Mm-hmm. And they essentially killed it when they came out with the iPhone, right? They basically cannibalized. The, yeah. the product, right? Yeah, yeah, and and it was done very intentionally, and it's worked out very well. Um, but you had also talked about how the the status quo is never good enough, which I think is a good theme to follow through for our discussion today as we talk about mm-hmm. the evolution of chambers. So, um, what are some things? Just I know, I mean, pandemic is top of mind for for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, how does the chamber remain relevant? How do you provide value? Um, what are some of those things internally there at the Greenville Chamber that you guys looked at to make some of those changes and evolve as the times changed? Yeah, great question, Brandon. One of the first things that we did was we revisited the Chamber's uh, vision and mission. Um, when I first arrived, the Chamber had vision and mission statements, but on my first my first uh, staff meeting, when I Ask the staff to to recite the vision and the mission. Like stairs, they couldn't do it. <laughs> they couldn't do it. Um, it was it was long, um, and uh, well, both of those statements were long, and they clearly had not committed to it. Uh, it was as if they were they were showing up to do a job, mm-hmm. um, but they hadn't committed to the vision um, and the mission. So we shortened both the vision and the mission statements. Um, the vision, uh, we changed that to um, um, being a globally competitive upstate economy where businesses succeed and people prosper. Um, and the most important word in that vision statement is the and. Sometimes yeah. I'll quiz, sometimes I'll quiz people and I'll say, what's the most important word in that vision statement? And they will, they will say every word. <laughs> except the and. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but we, we changed that. We changed our mission statement uh, so that we could be very clear and concise on uh, what our, uh, what we would, what we committed to delivering uh, for our business community. And that is uh, to lead, convene, and mobilize the business community to drive regional economic growth. Yeah. That's, that's how we are going to achieve uh, that vision uh, that I stated um, earlier. Um, doing those things really helped us um, in, in a couple of ways. Um, first of all, it helped our staff, our board, um, our, stake, our stakeholders uh, have a clear understanding of, of, our, of our North Star. This is our goal. This, this is what we're trying to pursue. Uh, and that's from a vision perspective. Um, but then it helped us focus on, uh, on, on how we get there. 
we we were an organization that we we were uncomfortable saying no. Yeah. So if someone would call, I think a lot say, of chambers fall into that. Right? Yeah. Someone, yeah. you know, someone would call and say, "Hey, I need. Can you can you can you help me build a bird bath? You know, can you? You know, and that's that's a little extreme, but and we would say yes to to almost everything. But in and so while we while we may have pleased people short term, long term we couldn't deliver. We, we, we couldn't deliver. So we actually ended up disappointing uh, folks because we couldn't deliver. Now, instead of disappointing people for that, that we can't deliver, we disappoint people because I'm sorry, that doesn't fit into what we're tasked with doing. But we'll say, but let me refer you to right. yeah. this organization or, or that organization who can better serve you. That has provided a much clearer path for us to achieve the value that our business community expects from us. So we've learned how to say no. Um, and um, through that, we've become much more valuable, much more effective uh, for our business community and quite frankly, for the community overall. Right. And sometimes those referrals are other organizations, like you mentioned, and sometimes they're businesses that are partners at the chamber, you know, that are investors. We've can- learned that sometimes the best yes is a no. Yeah. Yeah. And you can make a, a mutually beneficial, you know, relationship out of that where everybody thrives to be better. Yeah. Uh, you know, I often have friends throughout the country that they know I do this podcast. I know, you know my work involved with chambers and they're business owners and they'll say, should I join our local chamber? Yeah. And it's like, man, what a loaded question. Like, I wanted to say yes, you know, go do it. But it's like, well, I don't know, you know, what is the mission of your local chamber? What is their vision? Can you get behind that? Does it resonate with what you want to do? Do you have similar goals to move your community forward? So I think, you know, like you guys did with condensing and, you know, refocusing your mission and vision, I think is very effective to be able to tell your, your existing members and potential members, investors, this is what we're here for. This is our our purpose, and if you want to jump on board on this bus and ride it with us and and be along, this is this is the group for you. <laughs> well, and and Brandon, to that point, um, our 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 retention has improved mm-hmm. because we're we're now we're now uh, attracting and securing investors who a have a clear understanding, yeah, of what the chamber said. It's going to deliver, um, and and they've bought in. Um, it's um, they're not disappointed when when they expect one thing uh, that is not that's not delivered. Right. Um, we have we have uh, five focus areas um, at the chamber, um, and our goal is. Uh, I mean, we could have had twenty focus areas. Yeah. Um, but for those five. We want to do, we want to be the best in the marketplace at delivering on those five. We we pride ourselves in doing um, ordinary things extraordinarily well. Yeah. Um, and it, it's 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 I'm not the most I'm not the smartest person in the world. Um, I, I keep things really simple. 
Uh, that's for me. That's for our team. And that's for those who engage with us. Keep things really, really simple. But if we do those simple things, if we do those ordinary things, if we ex execute them extraordinarily well, um, you have very satisfied, very satisfied um, investors um, and members. And um, I think we're improving on that daily. Yeah. So I think, yeah, going back to the what we've titled this episode, the evolution of chambers, yeah. um, you know, it, it went, I, I believe, from a lot of chambers at their founding had a very clear purpose, very mm -hmm. clear vision. And then those waters got muddied over time because you get yeah. different organizations, different people, different business owners saying, hey, the chamber would be good for this. So it got to be where you could go to any community, you know, most of the communities throughout the country and ask yeah. the random business owner, what does your local chamber of commerce do? Yeah. And they would have no answer for it. You know, they do some networking, maybe, you know, like it would be really hard for them to come up with an answer. Right. So I think refocusing is going to help give a clear definition to those businesses, what the chamber does, why you exist. And Brandon, to that point, I was on a, a Zoom uh, call. Um, it was a strategic planning uh, call for an organization um, here in town uh, a couple of weeks ago. And someone on the call, they were in the performing arts uh, sector. And uh, as they wanted to include as a part of the strategic plan, uh, the chamber to build a, uh, a performing arts venue for smaller not-for-profit you know, performing arts organizations uh, in the area. And I chuckled because someone sent me a text on the, on the call and they're like, hey, did you hear what did you hear what you were asked to do? Uh, and I replied back, uh, yeah, I heard that. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a mission creep <laughs> you know, for us. Now, you know, and it's not it's not far fetched to think that at some point, at, at, at some time, we may have tried to pull that off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, but based on our current based on our current mission, just it just didn't align. Yeah. When I think of among that confusion of, of what a chamber does, it, yeah. it and you had touched on this earlier, where those expectations of what the members have when they join, mm -hmm. you know, you, you leave them not satisfied because you're not delivering on what they thought the expectation was. So going back to just being clear on that. Well, and, you know, if we're going to disappoint you, we'd rather disappoint you up front. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, you have a little more control there too. You know, if you're yeah. disappointing up front, you're able to control it. You're able to direct them, or redirect yeah. them the right way. So for sure, I think there's a lot of value to that. Um, are there things that you've noticed other chambers doing that you think is maybe innovative? You know, as this evolution process that maybe you guys haven't adopted, but you think you know that it's something good to explore. Putting you on the spot here. <laughs> no, well, you are, but you are, but you know, in our industry. We tend to be an industry that's heavy in R and D, yeah. right? Uh, and not not um, um, research and development. Uh, it's rip off and duplication. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm a part of a group. Uh, you mentioned that I chair our Metro Metro Cities Council, and that's about 75 uh, chamber CEOs from the largest markets in um, in the country. And we meet monthly, 
during the pandemic, we've been meeting via Zoom. Yeah. And I'll tell you, that was a that's been a great. It's always been a great resource, but during the pandemic, um, there was some great idea sharing. Um, um, we probably, uh, you know, uh, drank a few virtual beers, you know, as we were <laughs> trying to figure out how to lead our organizations and our communities through through the pandemic. But there are a lot of great ideas from uh, from those organizations. If you there's a oh there's a saying in our industry that if you see one chamber, you've seen one chamber. Yeah, there are no there are no two chambers that are identical. Um, but what we tend to do is uh, we'll see uh, we'll hear an idea uh, or an initiative from from one chamber in one community, and then we'll we may take it, season it to our taste. You know how can it fit with our organization and our community and what have you. And we'll re- repackage it and, and we'll implement it. And there's a lot of that, uh, that there's a lot of that that goes on. Uh, for the folks on uh, listening to the podcast, I would strongly encourage them. Uh, and I'm heavily involved in ACCE, the Association of Chamber of Commerce uh, Executives. But I would encourage them to join a peer group um, and, and, and engage in those meetings, whether they're virtual or they're in person. Just a lot of great idea sharing, and uh, you never know what you're going to learn. Uh, it's a great, it's a great network, great professional development. It's probably where I receive my greatest professional development is through uh, the Metro Cities Council uh, through ACCE, and um, it keeps you. Again, we talk about the status quo and how that's not acceptable uh, in our organization. Uh, well, one way to one way to avoid that is to to listen to others, listen to other people who are trying to figure it out um, as well. You may have an idea for them, um, and I guarantee you, you'll take some ideas from them as well. Yeah, and that's actually the whole basis of why I started this podcast. You know, over three years ago was the idea of I initially trying to reach some of those smaller chambers. Maybe they've got one staff person. Maybe it's a volunteer. Maybe it's a part-time person. Because um, I would see some of these smaller chambers would just really struggle. Where other chambers are hitting on all cylinders, everything's great. Every, the community well respects them. And it's like, what can we do to help these small chambers that are underfunded? They can't take the time to be away to be in these peer yeah. groups. They all these things. And it's yeah. like, so here's a resource. But that is a great tip is to for everybody to get involved with the peer group. Well, and I'll. I'll say this, Brandon, um, all chambers have their challenges. It matters not. It matters not your revenue level, your number of investors, how many, how many staff, how many folks you have on staff. All chambers have challenges and opportunities. Um, So when we talk big versus small, it's it's a scaling. It's a scale factor. Um, But uh, everyone's, all chambers have to have challenges um, and opportunities. Um, even for the small chambers, if you're a one-person shop, professional development is still important. For sure. And you have to carve out, you have to carve out time for that. Um, and maybe it's an hour a month. Maybe it's an hour a month, but that hour a month 
could help you figure out how to overcome some of your challenges. Yeah, uh, it could help you. It could help you better understand how to deliver enhanced value for your for your members. So, I mean, yeah, I, I've I've not worked for a small a, a small chamber. I I started off with Greater Louisville Inc., which yeah. was a pretty large shop. Um, I moved from Greater Louisville Inc. to the Kentucky Chamber uh, of Commerce, uh, another you know fairly large right. shop. Went back to Greater Louisville Inc. Um, and then came to Greenville. So I don't have the full understanding of of being the only person um, in in the office. Um, so I want to be careful that my my comments. Uh, I want to be careful that they're not insensitive. Uh, sure. To that, but if professional development is a need and a priority, then no matter what, no matter the size of your chamber, you got to figure out how to carve out time um, for that. And that's again, that's one of the values of those peer groups through ACCE is that it's an opportunity for leaders to carve out time for their development, uh, right. which is great not only for them um, but uh, for their organizations and for their their communities, right? And it, it reminded me of the the quote, and I, I'm terrible at giving attributions, but <laughs> you can't get from where you are to where you want to get where you want to be by doing the same thing. So yeah. by hearing how other people are doing things, by not being you know okay with the status quo, continually evolving, I think is key to that transition. Yeah, you know, you made me think of something too, uh, Brandon. Um, a book that I read. Uh, that is that I reference uh, continuously. It's called "What Got You Here Won't Get You There." There you go. And it was a good book for me personally, but it was also a good book for the Greenville Chamber organizationally as well. What What got us here over the 133 years won't get us through the next 133 years. Right. And we have to be intentional uh, in that in that mindset. Yeah. That's good. Well, as we start wrapping up here, I wanted to ask you, and you've, you've given some great tips, but I'd like to formally ask if there's any tip or action item that you would suggest for a listener to, to help take their organization up to the next level. Um, well, Brandon, far be it from me uh, to, uh, to give uh, tips or formal advice uh, to folks because we're still trying to figure things out right. uh, here at the Greenwood Chamber. But I will say this. Um, recognize that you're still trying to figure things out. Recognize that you're not quite where you need to be. Recognize that um, your your business community and your community as a whole, um, they're always going to need you to be more more effective. And the pressure on uh, chamber CEOs um, and leadership is to continue to seek opportunities to deliver better value. So um, if your chamber is um, primarily engaged in networking events, then how do you make those networking events uh, more valuable for the folks who, for the folks who attend? Um, you know, interestingly, our business community 10 years ago, um, they charged uh, the chamber with being a thought and programmatic leadership 
in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Not a traditional space for a chamber of commerce. Yeah, uh, you said t- 10 years ago? Right? 10 years ago, yeah. 10 years ago. Um, and what, what we realized is, and what these leaders, what our board realized a decade ago, was there's a business case for ensuring, for trying to include more people in, in the economy. For sure, yeah. So how do you include not just more, more Black-owned businesses in your economy, but more women-owned businesses, Hispanic-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses? There's a business case. There's a business case for that. Our board uh, leadership embraced that business case. And for the past decade, um, we've been that thought and programmatic leader in our, in our community. Um, you mentioned the um, partnership with United Way and Urban League on the Racial Equity and Economic Mobility Commission. Yeah. It's, it, there's a business case for ensuring that, uh, that uh, there are that minorities and blacks have better health outcomes, better education. Uh, attainment, um, better jobs, and that our justice system uh, works, uh, uh, you know, more fair uh, than it is uh, than it is today. And so, again, my only advice is, um, you know, yesterday's yesterday's home runs won't win today's ball game. Right. What what you did yesterday, what you did 133 years ago. It's really inconsequential. You got to figure out how am I going to hit singles, doubles, triples, home runs today? And how is my organization going to be best positioned to hit those singles, doubles, triples, and home runs tomorrow? Right. Uh, and that's, that's, that's my goal um, as a CEO uh, of the Greenwood Chamber, and I would encourage others to uh, to proceed accordingly. I love that. I have so many thoughts as you're giving that response. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, I try to condense it down to, to one response for myself is, um, you know, it, it reminds me as I read Dave Atkinson's book, you know, Horses versus oh, Chess. Man. I love that. Yeah. Book. But it, it really paints a picture very clearly about the purpose of the chamber is to advance your community, to build a stronger community. And as you talk about the diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, front, I think that's a, there is a huge business case for that. If, if from a chamber, if your goal is to advance your community and make it a better place for everybody, where is the most room for growth? Where, who, who has been underserved? Who has not had the opportunity to be able to advance and develop and do these things? And if you can put some some focus on those areas, the whole community is going to advance so much further. So yeah. I, I love that. And I want to give a shout out to Dave Atkinson. He's the person that introduced me uh, to this industry. Okay. Yeah. He Kentucky, did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he introduced me to the industry. Um, and after working in Louisville in, uh, for five years, um, I got a, had a chance to join his team um, and work, uh, for him for five years. And you may have seen me referenced in, in that book that you, yeah. uh, that, that you, that you spoke of, but he is, he has, he has, uh, that book is, I consider that book kind of the Bible yes. uh, f- uh, for chamber, uh, leadership. And it certainly has influenced how I lead, uh, this organization and community. 
Absolutely. Well-deserved shout out for Dave Atkinson. So, <laughs> so I like to ask everyone this question as we look to the future of chambers, and that's kind of what we've been discussing this whole conversation, but how do you see the future of chambers and their purpose going forward? Yeah, I, I, that's a good question, Brandon. I think I've answered that question throughout, throughout yeah. today's throughout today's interview. Again, I think it's just uh, um, embracing uh, you know, continuous improvement. Uh, think investor or member first. You know, we we tend to we tend to communicate in chamber speak, uh, for which our, um, our the businesses in our community really don't care much about chamber speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, um, but but be in a mode of of continuous improvement. Um, and, uh, and I think your position, um, chambers will be positioned for, uh, success in, in years, in the years to come. I think, again, and I think we're a testament to that again, 133 years. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, I'd like to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for anyone listening who would like to dive in a little deeper about how you guys are doing things there in Greenville. What would be the best way for someone to reach out and connect with you? Well, um, you can email me at cphillips at greenvillechamber.org um, and, or go to our website, greenvillechamber.org. And uh, while I've enjoyed my opportunity to speak with you today, I've got a team that's much more knowledgeable uh, uh, on this stuff. They've forgotten more about this than, than I'm ever right. going to learn. Um, but go on our website. You can find my contact information there. And you can also find uh, the rock stars who are helping us not only develop our plan of work, but are effectively executing it each day. I love that advice because you're right. You, you do have rock star team and it doesn't all have to come to you. You know, help, they'll filter them out to the, the people with those you know, programs are looking to learn more about. But Carlos, I really do appreciate you spending time with us today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. I think you, you delivered a, a lot of value and and some you know thoughts to provoke you know what the evolution of chambers can continue to look like at the the local level for those listening. My pleasure, Brandon. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your chamber up to 40% on your processing fees, and Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. Swipe It does not charge chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, Swipe It has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce, so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. 
Learn more about Swipe It by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, as in credit card. Again, that's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, and you can join many other chambers as you begin swiping with Swipe It.